The sing-along podcast would not be possible without the amazing people at Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to record a podcast. First of all, it's free. No hidden fees, nothing. It's completely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Or you can upload an already recorded episode directly to the app or the website. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can even monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you've ever had an idea for a podcast but you just didn't know where to get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Hello music lovers, songwriters, this is Casey from Second Echo, and welcome to the Sing Along Podcast. I've been waiting a long time not only to release this episode, but to share this music with all of you. In the fall of 2020, I went out to Southern California and I sat down with a veteran radio and podcast producer. He's worked on shows like The Adam Carolla Show, as well as done countless voiceovers and audiobooks. Plus, he's the lead singer of the Southern rock band, The Smoke and Kills, who just released their brand new album entitled The Last Honky Tonk Hero. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Mr. Mike Dawson. Here's Dawson in true old school radio fashion talking up this first song entitled Circling the Drain. So I've always been a really big fan of um, crowd involvement at shows. Like every time I'd go to a Counting Crows show and they're playing Hanging Around yeah, and the entire crowd, 15,000 people, all clap yep. at the same time, only at one place in the song. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I, I need to do that somehow. Yeah. And I was watching uh, this movie called Sing Street. You should check it out if Sing you haven't Street? seen okay. it yet. It's, it's a pretty awesome musical movie. Yeah. And the songs are great. And at one point, these guys in this music video, the whole band just turns around and does this. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. That's going to be in Circle in the Drain. Yeah. And when we play that live, all the people who have the record are going to know to clap. Right there. And it's going to be a lovely moment. First in line, a second chance. Crooked cops, illegal plants. You can't cook, and I won't dance. But try and stop it if you wear those pants. and tricks, cocaine whores, dead-end jobs, liquor stores, got a bag of bud and a case of cores, drank all mine, baby let's drink yours.
to town and sober rides down one-way streets with twisted guys. Take the long way home, and if time abides, dance on the graves of all our friends who died. I picked this first song, man, uh, Circling the Drain, is I, I have a very vivid memory of the first time I saw you play live. Deep Piazza's in Long Deep Beach, right? that's exactly right. Oh my God, that was a fun joint. That was such a, and that show was amazing. And I remember you doing Circling the Drain. And the only thing I remember about the song is that last line, circling, and you like raised your hand, the drain. And it was like, it's this epic live moment. And then on top of that, you've got the drum and vocal breakdown. And then you've got these big gang vocals on the chorus. And and so it strikes me that this song is designed for the, the stage. It's designed to be a live song. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. And what I was going to ask you is, do you ever write with that in mind? Like, do you ever write songs and go, this is going to just kill live? Or you do put things in songs specifically for the live show? Uh, yes, there are, so, there are times when you add lyrics sure. simply because you want to perform those lyrics in sure. front of a crowd. A hundred percent percent yeah and and they they kind of littered themselves all over this record in fact i i played you a track that we have yet to cut for the record but uh one of the lines is hey you're all saints when i'm around <laughs> yeah and uh and i'm like <laughs> i wrote i kind of wrote that song in the the song's called the last honky tonk hero yeah and so i wrote it in the vein of being on stage and delivering it so yeah, yeah. dude 100 percent. yeah absolutely and so Let's talk a little bit about this because I want to dig into these lyrics a little bit because well I want I want to start before I kind of give you my my two cents I kind of want to hear from your mouth man like give me a little bit of a breakdown about circling the drain because I it's very it could go one of two ways and I'd love to hear what you have to say about well, it. Well, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it first because okay. I guarantee you you're going to be disappointed okay. and I, I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see the look on my face. Yeah. <laughs> so I what what I know from about you is twofold, and it's basically from listening to the Adam Carolla podcast. I hear um, you talk, but I also hear how you're portrayed by Adam and and Brian and Gene and all them. Um, and we all have a role to play, exactly. But what's funny is. I feel like this song is a perfect metaphor for what, for at least your, what I view your personality to be is I feel like people kind of try to paint you as this devil may care, 
you only live once rambling kind of guy. But when I hear you get on mic and talk, you're very like pragmatic. You're very principled kind of guy that has a really good insight into the human condition. And that's what I hear in this song is like, you know, you're talking about, uh, pimps and tricks and cocaine whores and you're like talking about all this stuff and got a can of bud a case of cores i drank all mine let's drink here so it's kind of like yeah you only live once but then as you get into the chorus it seems like you're saying no like things are bad and we need to do something about it, it which right. is again that great metaphor for who you are as a person from my perspective <laughs> you know it's interesting uh your take just enhanced what the real story is. Okay. You're not going to be disappointed okay, at all. Good. <laughs> uh, that song circling the drain was, uh, something I had written and it wasn't called circling the drain. Okay. Uh, it was called a song that I never finished. I wrote it. I think I wrote the lyrics when I was about 25. So 20 years ago. Okay. And, uh, my guitar player, Kevin Fosmark and I were sitting in my old place in Burbank and, just sitting there with acoustic guitars and I just grab, you know, that manila folder that's about six inches thick that yeah. has everything you've ever written in yep. your life. And I'm like, there's something in here. <laughs> there's gotta be. Yeah. And, uh, I found that and I had the, uh, you know, the simple C chord to the D chord, uh, verses. Yeah. And so I just started kind of playing that. He's like, that's kind of cool. And we started thinking about it. And then, um, one night we're up uh the beginning of this record that song was actually recorded at the uh at the canyon hut uh up in laurel canyon okay uh our old bass player tim hutton's place yeah uh great little studio he um he rebuilt stacks uh, i believe in memphis okay he rebuilt stacks recording studios in oh. laurel canyon oh. exact uh exact specifications you nice. walk in a door the the room's downstairs oh my gosh, small wow. control room it's really it's really sweet so wow. anyway we're over at uh tim's house and we're just kind of messing around with this song and i'm like guys this is a song but i don't know where it goes yeah. i don't know what it's called i don't know anything yeah and now what you have is verses that were written at 25 <laughs> and a chorus that is written at 45 wow and it was, I believe it was Tyler, uh, who the drummer who came up with the um, came up with the chorus. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, because it's the exact 180. Yes. From what I don't give a I don't give a oh, dude, we better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to touch on this one line, man. Wasted time and sober rides down one-way streets with twisted guides. That was the one that stood out to me. I was like, "That that's an epic line, man. That Talk, talk a little bit about that one. Uh, again, that's a 25-year-old um, who can come up with clever rhymes that can somehow be put together sure. in a eighth grade collage sure that you can look at that makes sense that makes sense but the, the whole thing um, about twisted guys well, there was a lot of well i mean look yeah so there's a lot of uh after college there's a lot of drunk driving and if you mm -hmm. got a sober ride you're like sweet yeah but you get in the wrong car yeah that sober ride can in, be bad yeah. you know yep. it, it could make tomorrow never come yep or at least delay tomorrow for yeah. quite a bit because sometimes you know you think you're going home and then you end up at a party on the Riviera and you're like, what the <laughs> that's where I was in my twenties in Santa Barbara. Good place to be in your twenties. Sure. <laughs> and then take the long way home. If time abides, 
uh, dance on the graves of all our friends who died. Because that's the way my friends, at least, who died. Wow. Absolutely want it. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. That was the kind of relationship First bass player in my band got murdered. Wow. Like uh, wow. eight years ago. My goodness. And um, uh, he was one of the awesomest dudes in the world. Yeah. The fabulous William Burchette. Wow. And if it was buried here, he's buried in Colorado. But uh, when I do eventually get out to his grave, I certainly will dance on it. And he <laughs> will love it. He'll love it. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So you touched on this a little bit when you were talking about writing Circling the Drain. And it, it's definitely something that's different as a singer songwriter and you're writing and you're ranging and then you take that to the band and the dynamic that goes on there so when you bring ideas are they mostly fully formed or do you want a lot of input from the band how does that dynamic work with the band very rarely do i write a song that's done okay that's happened uh, probably maybe two songs on this record uh have been done but but most of them you know i bring to the band and then it gets developed and then the song's not written until two years later it's just the way we perform it and it would change you know every time yeah yeah and then you know we'd be in here rehearsing and it was a uh it was often an argument that's not how the song goes yeah and then somebody would be like no we don't we play it different every time (laughs) no one knows how the song goes yeah exactly and uh and so now we're all really happy that now we actually have them on record yes yeah and they (laughs) will not change (laughs) now that's the song yeah yeah the last record i put out i was 25 years old oh wow okay so these a lot of these songs are 20 years old yes some even older wow uh we resurrected a song that i wrote when i was 15 years old but having ted russell camp produce yeah uh ted was able to take songs that sounded like i wrote when i was 15 yeah and yep. make them sound like a seasoned musician that's, and that's that's what a producer is for man that's incredible yeah so that's amazing. without you know left up to my own devices this record would not ever be what it what is it now is. yeah yeah that's um, awesome well and I, and I also feel like going from that perspective of giving the song time to kind of percolate and brew a little bit with the band because i find that there's a really happy sweet spot whenever you as a band are playing a song and you can tell it's too early on and you're like it's not ready yet but then you know you you play it live you rehearse it and then it reaches that spot where you're like yeah and then on conversely you can let it go too long to where it kind of becomes stale you know so it's about finding that sweet spot where it's it's reached its maturity but it doesn't get rotten you know as a band yeah as far as your individual writing process goes tell me a little bit about are you a lyric writer first do you do a lot of melodies like what's your bread and butter what's your what it's like 50 50 you know, when I took guitar lessons at 14, I learned five chords and started writing songs. Sure. And I never took another guitar lesson in my life. So I know maybe, maybe I know 10 chords now. So my, uh, my licks and rhythm are uh, limited in that. Sure. Um, one thing I did start doing is I started playing just bass notes on the six string okay and you know five and six yeah and just coming up with little cool bass guitar lines yeah yeah and then writing to those nice okay um, yeah there's one of those on this record uh but um i'd say it's uh 50 50 i'd say it's 60 40 sure lyrics sure 
because I'll come up with a just a line. I mean, there are notepads all over this house that just have lines. lines yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. and then you know try to collect them and go back to them and be like, okay, which yeah. of these lines can fit together in another thing? Yeah, I do the same thing. I've got little blurbs here and there in my phone. It's like I've got this line. I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's a killer line. I gotta fit somewhere. Make right. it fit somewhere. Yeah. You've talked, I've heard you talk a little bit about some of your influences and what as a, as a musician, as a songwriter, I want to take it even a step further though. Like think back to the stuff that influenced you maybe before you realized it was influencing you. So like, for example, if you were, a, when you were a kid, the stuff that your parents were listening to, when you, you really look back and go, oh yeah, that I listened to a lot of that and it probably influenced me. Hmm. Uh, well, I grew up listening to rock radio. Uh, my mom was a, a stay-at-home mom. Dad worked shift work. So we'd always have to do chores with mom and, and spend all day with mom. We'd always be listening to the radio. Mm -hmm. But I knew that was a influence. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that the, maybe the thing that I, I found more recently uh, was that a lot of the times mom would turn on the TV and find one of those old movies or old musicals, yeah. you know, like a, a movie like Auntie Mame okay. or uh, The Music Man yeah. uh, or North by Northwest, yep. um, old Hitchcock, yep. but mainly the musicals. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know what it has done for me aside from giving me a love for musicals yeah yeah but i don't know i watched jesus christ superstar every easter okay yeah. uh and uh i've watched it twice during this lockdown yeah. already <laughs> but you don't really have to watch it you just put it on and clean the house yeah, and it's for like sure. hosanna <laughs> superstar you know and i wonder if that because when i look back on some of the stuff that that in that same vein that I was listening to, or I should say that my parents were listening to, I feel like it gave me a great sense for like melody and hooks and things like that. And my go-to was always like, oh yeah, I'm really influenced by 90s stuff. Like it was the grunge scene. And that's what kind of where I got my rock background from. But honestly, like when I go back and think about the stuff that I was listening to around my parents, it was like the Shirelles and <laughs> Jim Croce and all this old stuff that gave me a really great basic idea for like hooks and melody, you know? Yeah. So, and I think, I feel like musicals would probably be the same thing. God, musicals probably even more so because yeah. musicals have to have it. Yes. Pop songs don't. Correct. Yeah. And you, they got to be memorable. They got to. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that you brought up Jesus Christ Superstar is a perfect segue to lead us into the next song, because I want to take the conversation in a slightly different direction. So this next song is from the Smoke and Kills brand new album. You can find it out on all major platforms. This is City of Angels. cowboys in this western desert town has everyone gone outlaw am I the next one going down in the city of the angels Filled with liars, crooks, and thieves 
the ones that we called horse though I might have cared back then I don't anymore in the city of the angels Jesus so I can touch his hands in the city of the angels the devil lives here too So Dawson, the reason I wanted to focus in on this song specifically is anytime somebody, especially in this genre of music, really in any genre of music, when there are elements of faith and elements of just something bigger than yourself, for some reason, it always just stands out to me. And it's this line. And in fact, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention, I specifically remember another song you did live. What's your song about? I met Jesus or I... Uh, it's it's called Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Yeah, yeah. But there's this line. It's the in, one I wrote when I was 15. Yeah, okay. And then in this song, it says, uh, where are all the doctors? I'm a sick man. Can somebody find me Jesus so I can touch his hands? And that, just the fact that you reference hands, it's like, oh, this person has some experience with some oh, sort of... This person went to Catholic school. Or something, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and some of the background and where that where that comes from. Uh, well, I did, uh, I did grow up in uh, Catholic school. Okay. 
I gave up on organized religion when I was 11 years old. And I had been praying every night that my best friends, Sean and Benji Rogers, didn't go to hell because they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Wow. And uh, and then I'm like, I think maybe I figured out when I was 12 or something. I'm like, oh, okay, wait a minute. This can't be true. Wow. Um, so organized religion I gave up on, but I never gave up on believing in God and uh, spiritual stuff and yeah. um, karma and you name it. Sure. Yeah. When I And I guess that leads me to my next question, because I've been asking a lot of my podcast interviews this. I, I'm always intrigued to hear each person what they have to answer this question. When you think of inspiration and it coming to you some people will say no it's it's all me like i come up with this and some people are like no i'm kind of just a antenna for something outside of me that's channeling it like how do you in your opinion where does your inspiration come from well that's an interesting point isn't it if i were british i would say well that's an interesting <laughs> point isn't it <laughs> um no that's 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 interesting uh uh, if you want to get super cosmic, am I a vessel for the party? <laughs> am I a sounding board for the smoker? <laughs> Do I like drugs? Sure. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know, man. Um, the inspiration is, uh, it's, it's art imitates life, imitates art. Sure. So. Sure. I, 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 I don't think I have a satisfying answer to that. No, I, and that's I, fine. I, I, yeah. I write what it is. Yeah. Uh, but at least what I tried to do is write by a window where I really don't give a f what you think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think as long as I do that, the art's the art. Yeah. But if I start thinking about what other people, oh my God, he mentioned Jesus. Yeah. Oh, dude oh no <laughs> yeah is this some kook yeah yeah um but you, you can't think about that i mean just the just the imagery of of you know it's i'm a sick man yeah but it's beautiful what, what kind of sick yeah. what 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 kind of are we talking about death are we talking about redemption what are yeah. we what are we talking about here yeah um and the song is a, a, a little bit of all of it. Yeah. And talk about that a little bit more. Because when we were talking earlier and you played the track for me, you said the song is about death. And that intrigued me. Tell me, go a little bit deeper about the song in general. Like, tell me about it. Well, it's, a lot of the songs I've written, especially on this record, are songs about being a NorCal kid in the SoCal world. Mm -hmm. And there's been a... A major moral drop-off in society, you could say, For over sure. the past decade or yeah. so. Uh, and nowhere else is it more clear than Los Angeles. Sure. You know, maybe Vegas, but that's where all the evil goes to congregate. It was, it was evil anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, a lot of people who live and work in Vegas, they're just working, man. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just don't shut off the water. Right, exactly. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, Los Angeles is a pretty dirty place. Wow. And uh, people are morally, morally pliable. Yeah. And it's just it's just a watch your back, uh, realize what it is, take it for what it is. Sure. And, you know, I mean, it's almost a love song to Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also maybe kind of thinking about what it once was maybe a little bit, like trying to remember the glory days a little bit. Yeah, 
the next song we'll get into that a little bit more yeah but uh you know it's 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 a ballad what can i say sure it sounds like so far everything that you've been talking about has been very experiential and it sounds like that's the kind of person you are because i i I hear about and i'm sure a lot of the people you grew up listening to as well a lot of those really legendary storytelling songwriters Mm -hmm. it's always intrigued me when you can almost create a character and write about something abstract that you maybe haven't even experienced. But for me, I've always been that experiential person. Like I've, I've got to either have gone through it or currently going through it for me to really get a grasp on it. I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, I envy people who can write story songs yes. yeah. that are totally in the third person yes. about someone twice removed from them and yeah. possibly from another, uh, uh, even another freaking time a hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like uh, my friend Grover Anderson, has this song called Philip Marshall Cates. Yeah. And you should just listen to it. Okay. Just listen to it. It is hands down one of the greatest story songs ever written. Wow. And it happened hundreds of years ago and he made it up and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Another one to, to seek out is Jason Spooner. All that we know. That's a story about a liquor store holdup. Wow. That goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And he made it up. See, and that that's the incredible thing is like creating the character. It's, yeah. it's like you're like a book author at that point. You're creating a character and then writing a song about it. It's like right. now you can like you and I probably will, you know, start from experience and then totally embellish on the experience absolutely. and and make it exponentially greater sure but it's always based in that experiential realm in that reality yeah, yeah. i can't i can't write true third person yeah it's funny you say that because i was thinking about that the other day i was like man you know what? i've never written a third person song and, and I, I almost have tried to make it a challenge to myself to be like i need to like i need to break that mold and and just exercise that muscle a little bit you know yeah. just to do it yeah i think the rule is what I what I gotta try to stop doing is stop using. I'm walking down the road. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's an old. But uh, if you if you're ever writing a song, uh, if you're ever writing a song and you use those lyrics, stop. Put the pencil down. Walk away and go take a walk. Go walk away. Yes. Clear your mind. Yes. <laughs> I lived in Nashville for a few years and the thing there was people were pitching country songs to people and it was like you got to write a song a day or a song a week and it was like and and i hated that formula because that's i'd rather edit in real time until it's done instead of writing you know five horrible songs and keeping one of them or whatever that's what happens when you take art and try to make it a business yes yeah so. And I'm assuming you're the same way. Like you edit as you go and you're, you're, you're basically saying, no, if I spend, like you said, if you spend two years on a 20, song, uh, 20 years, I, yeah. I spent 20 years on this record essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, when you're in Nashville, you're doing it for a living. Yeah. And yep. I mean, you're, you're still doing pretty good. I don't know if this is all you do for a living. No, it's not. But, you know, I, I went down that road for a little while in Nashville and it's tough because I will say having worked with some of the guys that I worked with, it was amazing how 
quickly they fell into like I, there, there here's an example there's a song that i had a very small part in writing it's a beautiful song and i thought it was just perfect the way it was and the guy pitched it to a guy who's like we need to change this and this well then it's about it's like chasing your tail it's like okay they want this change and you take it back that's good but how about this and, and then all, before you know it you're trying to please one person instead right. of doing what's <clears throat> best for the song and that drove me right. crazy man it drove me crazy I can't imagine. Yeah. There, there, there certainly is a wonderful freedom in not doing it for the money. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I also think it's, it's just about that doing it to serve the purpose of the song and, and the emotion of the song and not getting so caught up in trying to, yeah, trying to make it uh, marketable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it is, it is, if it isn't, it isn't right. either way. It's a reflection of where you are today. Well, and I, and I honestly have found that it, sadly enough, during that time, I went through a time where music, you kind of grow to hate music after a little while because it's like it becomes about trying right. to meet that requirement instead of what it is, you know. And I, I haven't listened to rock radio in seven or eight years. Wow. Because um, it's just it's work. I can't. It's all classical. Dude, it's so funny that you say that because I, I find that because I do music for a living and, and so much it's like when i want to relax i listen to podcasts i don't listen nice. to music you know yeah. and so that's kind of my because my i can unplug my brain from having to analyze and like yeah. you said it's work to sit there and yeah absolutely before we listen to this last song i want to talk to you because you said it's very rewarding when you don't have to do something for the money and i that leads perfectly into the next question i had for you because obviously you are um, doing podcasts, you're doing VO work for, and you're doing audiobooks and all this stuff. So music very much is something that you're doing as, um, I don't want to say a hobby, but it's very much like on your own terms. Is songwriting music anything that you would envision yourself doing full-time if you had the, the ability to do so? I don't think I have the... <clears throat> Get me thinking. <laughs> uh... I don't think, I, I, I certainly do not think I have it in me to churn out the hits. Okay. Um, and essentially being a songwriter, that's, you know, yeah, that's what you do. Um, I believe that this record and, you know, you say this, and if I say this, it's not, you know, I believe this record is a hit parade dude. sure yeah. do i believe it's going to get any airplay or recognition not really sure um am i in a good place that it possibly could absolutely sure um but this grouping of 11 songs is now my newest contribution after 20 years yeah of the 10 i put out there before yeah now if i can make a living off of those 21 songs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no problem. Sure. Yeah. I'll give you my address. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, all I want, all we really want from this record is to play some shows, get on some festival stages, mm -hmm. get a sprinter van. Yeah. And tour. Yeah. And we were actually booked to play the Georgia theater in, uh, Athens, um, in August. Oh, wow. And everything shut down. Right. 
Yeah. So we are still going to try to do a, a, a Southeast tour. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to go play anywhere that they will put us on a stage. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, in today's reality, you're not going to make money selling a record. You may break even touring. Sure. But fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's the plan. Well, and I almost feel like the business model should be having your income source be something else so that you can have the freedom to go tour because you're certainly not going to make the living off of the touring. But if you can have, as you do, you've got the revenue stream from somewhere else. Now you have the freedom to go and, and play all these places and you don't have to worry about, you know, how many tickets you sell and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I mean, the other thing is, is I get to work a record again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't worked a record in 20 years. Yeah. And now finally... After, you know, I don't know. I think we've been doing this about three years now. It's yeah. finally ready. Yeah. Um, now I finally have something to show. Now yeah. it's not talk. Sure. It's physical. Here it is. Yeah. Now what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. So now the real work begins. Sure. Yeah. But fortunately with, you know, 20 years of rock radio under my belt and the current list of contacts yeah. I have. Yeah. Now the tools are there to work this. Absolutely. Yeah. So radio will get it. Sure. Whether they play it or not, I don't know. Sure. But sure. everybody's going to get it. Yeah. Uh, I hope they listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and going along those same lines, this is where I want to turn to, uh, for those of you who are listening to this, I cannot stress this enough. One of the main purposes of this podcast is I want people to find new appreciation and new value in this music. And so I'm really encouraging people, you know, when, when we were coming up, listening to radio that inspired us to go buy the album. And now Spotify, I feel like is the modern day radio, but it doesn't inspire people to go buy. They just stream. And I'm like, right. if you, and, and fair, you know, when I, there was stuff on the radio I would listen to and it was it was okay. And I wouldn't go by the album, but the stuff I really connected with, I was like, I want a shirt. I want a CD. I want all these things. And so I'm really encouraging if you were listening um, today and you've really connected with this music, please go. We're about to give the plugs, go and download when they get back out on the road, when the smoking kills, get back out on the road, go find out where they're going to be at, go buy vinyl and CDs and merch and all that stuff. Because when you invest in them, that's what propels them to create more music. That's what propels them to be able to do this all over again. Give us your plugs, Dawson. Uh, the band is at Twitter, uh, at the smoking kills, S M O K I N kills the smoking kills. And, uh, I'm on Twitter at Dos Angeles. And, uh, if you have those two things, uh, you'll have no problem. Yeah. DosAngeles.com. Yeah. And, um, as we record this, the smoking kills.com, but it's not built. Okay. All right. But, but by the time this comes out, I'm assuming it'll probably be up. The problem is, is when you're pretty much the one managing your band, Sure. there's a lot of things that are left undone. I understand that. And I, a website that's way out of my 
realm it's way down on the priority list yeah yeah yeah. so as we record this the stuff is being mixed but when this is released you're going to be able to go i'm assuming to itunes amazon all those places and get get all this great music yes my goal there should be two or three songs that you can stream for free uh circling the drain and this next one we're going to hear are those songs yeah um and we might stream City of Angels too. Okay, might be a good idea. And how many songs total are you going to have on this? There's eleven songs on the record. Eleven, but the total. record fits together. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to go as far as to call it a theme album, but it is a theme. Yeah, it's it's, it's certainly got a Southern California feel right. and vibe, but it's Southern California rock. Yeah, like so Southern do, rock. Do we have a do we have a title for the album as a Right now, it was going to be called Another Southern California, and it still may be. Okay. But Ted and I just wrote a new song called The Last Honky Tonk Hero. Yeah. And that's going to be track one of the record, and I think we might... Might change it to that. We might go with Last Honky Tonk Hero. Nice. We'll see. Okay. Well, we're about to listen to (laughs) one more song, and I just there's one line before we get into it I want to touch on, because this is why I asked mike dawson to be on this podcast it's lines like this i know i'm going somewhere but i ain't been there yet and i and i that you have no idea how much that spoke to me because i heard this line out of an audiobook that i was listening to the other day it says to journey happily may well be better than to arrive successfully and basically this your line is the exact same thing it's this yeah. idea of i'm going somewhere and I'm excited about it. I'm, it's it's inspiring me, propelling me. I don't know. I, I don't even know where it is necessarily. And I feel like that's a great metaphor for music. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, go check them out on all major platforms. The Smoke and Kills. This song is called Another Southern California. I left the small town. It was time to get away. Headed down south. Way past LA till I was close enough to Mexico. As close as I could get. And I know I'm going somewhere, but I ain't been there yet I drive my pickup truck on down the highway Everything I own in the bed behind me And I'm I'm only going 55, but I don't care Cause I know what I get when I get there
Considered the smoke and kills when we built the band i was like we are a southern rock band yeah you know in the vein of uh the allman brothers and, and leonard skinner and uh, molly hatchet and the rule of southern rock is you got to have three guitars okay <laughs> the only exception to that rule is if two of your guitarists are dickie betts and Dwayne allman <laughs> gotcha that's your that's your way out we have kevin fosmark uh awesome lead guitarist and and the song, Another Southern California, is like a nod to Southern rock. And um, we wanted our friend Angela Petrilli to play on this record, but yeah. there was no reason for her to play, just to have her on. She's not in the band. Sure. And then I was listening to Another Southern California, and I was like, you know, this is a Southern rocker. Yeah. We need three guitars. Yeah. Yeah. So I called up Angela, and I'm like, I got it. Yeah. I, I've got a reason why you should be on this record. Will you please play? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the magic that that those two guitars together do on that song. I love that dueling stuff. Oh man, that 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 took that song to another level. Yeah, absolutely. And so we can that that, that can officially be a southern rock song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I I want to say you have no idea as as big of a fan as I am of you and and your work. This has been such an honor. I really appreciate you allowing me into your home to do this. And yeah, thank you for um, just sharing this music and sharing the insight into the songs. Thanks for the opportunity, dude. Yeah, appreciate it, Casey. Hey, everybody! Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sing Along podcast. And don't forget, if you'd like to support this podcast, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Or you can tap the support link provided in the episode notes. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button at the top of the page and then share this podcast with other music lovers and songwriters. If you'd like to submit a song or another artist to be on an episode of this podcast, you can email me at Casey at singalongpodcast.com. Again, that's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y at singalongpodcast.com. And until next time, this is Casey from Second Echo saying, don't be afraid to write a new melody. And don't ever forget when you find one to sing along.